reasonably well is where I like to be in life. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> more than that, I start feeling like something bad's going to happen. <laughs> oh, no. And less than that, I don't feel satisfied. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, there I, you go. I hope that makes some sense. No, it does. Absolutely. Well, at least the part where if everything feels like it's going well, then you're just like, wait a second. Uh huh. What what is what storm is coming? Yeah. Um. Latent versus right. (laughs) 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 Okay, so I think the cheesiest part for me at the end, or what sums it up, is totally cheesy. It's like right at the end when uh, what's his face there, and he's just like. Everyone's completely normal. It doesn't seem like everybody like processed what happened. They're just like, yeah, I guess we're normal again. And then he's just like there and he's like driving them away on a boat. And I'm like, what? Ah. <laughs> uh, I was yeah. uh, I, for the for the whole end sequence, since mm. he gets like, I guess, banned or banished or whatever. Mm. Um more like shell blow. Shut the fuck up. Whoa! We're Super. having important conversations here. Are you? No, but 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 I'm not gonna spoil you, Rob. So, yeah, because oh, it's it's uh, uh, um, uh, Phoenix, right? Yep. Crap. Yeah. Fucking shit and game. Important plot point. I'm explaining. Mm-hmm. It's, it's life or death. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's cra- that's that's crazy stuff, man. Oh, you played the game? No, he did. Played what? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you nailed it. I did. I always mm-hmm. do. You you always do. Let's see. Oh, one more note here. I know Shelby will talk about that. Who who won uh, podcast of the year for CC? Polykill. Polykill. Cool. Just want to make sure we we mention that we note that. I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm ready to go. But I'm ready to go. Whatever you y'all are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Three, <laughs> two, one. Hey, hey! Welcome to Bonus Barrel. is Shelby and Sagey. Bam, here we are back again. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was last episode? What did we do last time? Can it's just me and Sagey. All right, recap. Yep, good times. So, this is the first one of the year, right? Right, because we got it out in time. So, uh, so yes, new year. Um, we got Shelby year. back. Thank goodness. It's looking, looking dicey there since she wasn't there last time. People were tweeting, like, what hashtag what happened to Shelby? <laughs> hashtag where Shelby at? Uh, everybody was very concerned, but uh, you can relax. Shelby's here. I'm here. Yeah. How do you feel, Shelby? You sound um, cranky. What? How do I sound, you sound cranky? You sound cranky and hysterical. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> Which is like the two, they're, not, they're very different things. Mm-hmm. But you're still pulling both off at once. Okay. That's cool. Sounds good. What, what, so, Shelby, I want to start this episode off right. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us about the Resident Evil 2 demo that you oh, played? Because you really, really liked it. So good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited for this game. Here now, we go. So... It's basically just um, 
a one-shot demo so you get 30 minutes to play it and that's it uh and you can't play it again i thought it was one where you could play it for 30 minutes and then you could like exit and come back in and just kind of play it again but it's you only get one 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 playthrough um so I was reading an article yesterday though, that said people had already found like workarounds for it and the speed runs have begun. So people are <laughs> speed running the demo, but what you can do is uh, make multiple accounts, I guess, on whatever That's insane. Not, and just play it over and over and over again. So I'm uh, actually, it'd be, it would be kind of funny to, to look up a, a speed run of the Resident Evil 2 demo, but um, it has enough, like, cause it's been, I'm gonna say maybe like 15 years since I've actually played like all the originals, like the the um, the original. I don't want to call it a trilogy because a lot of people don't count three. Um, well, it's still yeah. a trilogy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's good. It's got some stuff that's kind of in keeping with the original games. Um, so it it really does kind of feel like a really like I don't know like a true remake. I guess I don't. know. I don't know if that's what I should be calling it, but uh, and it's actually really scary. And people, um, because I was talking to to Rob about it yesterday, but people are so used to like uh, badass Leon from like Resident Evil Four and like all the ones after that, because he's like got a lot more experience and stuff. But in this game, it's like when you first meet Leon and you first meet uh, Claire Redfield, um, and neither of them like it's it's leon's first day on the job and i can't remember why claire is there i think it's she's just looking for her brother because her brother chris is in stars and she hasn't heard from him in stars. um yeah so <laughs> i mean you first when you see leon and you're like wow look at this he's like a little baby face kid he's not actually i think i can't remember how old he was and i've been like uh I think I remember 18 is obviously too, i think that's too young to be police officer but anyway um <laughs> Yeah, he's really like baby faced and he's and he's very um I don't want to say panicky because he still kinda has like I don't know, like that training that he has to be calm, but at the same time it's like zombie outbreak for the first time, nobody knows what's happening. You know, as far as you know, you're just seeing your friends like acting weird and like attacking other people. So you don't want yeah. to like, shoot any of them, you know what I mean? But it was just really funny because it's like um in the first part you there's this metal like you're in the police station, uh, in Raccoon City. Where, where this whole thing starts and there's um you see this guy on some uh on a camera feed who is like oh i know a way out because i guess nobody can get out of raccoon city right now so he is running around he's got this notebook and he's like yeah uh i'm stuck in this hallway or whatever somebody come help me out and you know i'll show you the way out and all this junk or i know how to get out so leon's like all right i gotta go help him so he goes over lifts this metal gate thing or whatever but he can only it gets stuck so he can only lift it a few feet so he crawls under it and even that is kind of scary because on the other side is just it's very dark and you can only see blood and only like a few feet because of how low he is to the ground and uh so anyway he gets in there and he's it's kind of scary because it's dark and this is baby face leon this is not grizzled vet leo <laughs> okay so he's there and he's like uh, just kind of giving himself little pep talks. He's like, you got this, or whatever. And he's like walking through real slow in the dark. It's it's really funny. It's really cute, too. Um, and it's a, good, it's a good little touch. But they also have, um, in terms of, uh, I guess, play style, it's, they took some stuff from Resident Evil 7. So, like, the inventory kind of looks the same. Um, it's similar to the old games. So, like, 
in the old games, uh, in your menu, you could see that there were like three levels of health. So you had fine, caution, and I can't remember what the red one said, or I can't remember what they all were, but there were like those three tiers. And of course the herbs come back and they brought back the the blue herb, which is cool because that takes poison away. But if anybody else is familiar with like mixing herbs in Resident Evil, but you like your green herb is like your standard health thing or whatever. So you take that and you regain some health. If you mix it with red, it gives you a bit more or red is supposed to like make it full i guess you mix green and blue you get health and then it takes away poison and there's no yellow herbs in this i don't think but the actual herbs yeah. themselves instead of looking like the same generic one with different colors they actually like made them look like different herbs oh, that's so that was cool. Pretty cool yeah and they've just little touches like um if a zombie falls towards leon uh he mm -hmm. just kind of like shrinks away because he's like oh what the hell like this is gross or whatever <laughs> anyway, he just little remarks here and there, like, holy god, this is my first day on the job. Why is this happening? Very, like, reasonable <laughs> things to be concerned about. Yeah, I would be. Um, but yeah, otherwise, the game itself, like, is the atmosphere is very scary. Um, it reminds me a lot of, like, the, the original Resident Evil 2, where it's like you would be going down this hallway. Like, the camera angles aren't the same. It's third person. I should have mentioned that before, but it's, it plays, like, kind of like four, five, and six. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's just a lot more fluid. And, um, but yeah, they use like little things to, to kind of give you scares. They're not jump scares. I mean, there are, but it's not the whole thing. And um, anyway, so you'd be like going down this hallway and then you'd see like a light flashing and there would be a shadow and it's not moving, but you're just like, oh God, like you could just kind of stop for a second because you see it and you're like, okay. And then you kind of come up on it slowly and it's just a mannequin sitting in front of a lamp that's putting this huge shadow on the wall. So it's just like stuff like a that. Douche douche yeah. mannequin but it's also kind of like the zombies are gross like there's one where he goes up people might have seen it in the trailer where he goes up to like a zombie and he like tilts its head back to see its face just to see it's like the dude's alive but then it's like the whole half of the head comes off or it's like all gross and nasty in there oh anyway <laughs> that's my rant <laughs> we should do the first resident evil this year for uh like halloween or something i might play it earlier than that i'm thinking about playing resident evil one before two because I had the PS4 remake of of uh, one and two, or sorry, zero and one. Mm -hmm. uh, so I want to play. I want to play one first. So I might put off playing two a little bit, even though I, I want to jump in when everyone else is doing it. But I have to wait because also Kingdom Hearts is out soon. So it's a hype month, man. You got fucking Resident Evil two remake. You got Kingdom Hearts three coming out, and probably some other shit. New Super Mario Bros. You just came out. Tales of Vesperia for the, re the definitive editions out. I also want to play. So much stuff, guys. And I'm only down 10 games so far this month. Dude, you were like eight like two days ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've been playing... Uh, I played... The last game I beat was Sonic 2, actually, which doesn't take very long. I'm way better at it now than as, as a kid. And plus, you know, with, with quick saves, uh, you can at least make... So you don't run out of lives. I usually use them whenever there's a checkpoint in the game. Uh, so yeah, Sonic 2 is a lot of fun to replay. It's very nostalgic. That was one of the first games I beat as a kid. And uh, I had beat Sonic 1 earlier this month. Because the Switch has the remastered Sega Ages uh, Sonic on there, which adds a spin dash and I think a couple other features. But man, Sega re-releases are killing it with me. I've been playing a ton of the Sega Genesis, or sorry, I think it's just called Sega Genesis Classics, which is the one with over 50 games in it. And uh, that's how I played this week's uh, game, actually. Uh, I cannot recommend, like just like the SNK collection I mentioned last time, yeah. I cannot recommend this game enough it's on every console 
I, I bought it twice. I have it on PS4, but then, you know, Switch is way more convenient, so I rebought it for the Switch, and I love it. It, it has so many games on it. So There's so many options. Um, fuck. But yeah, but a lot of those games aren't very long, because, you know, back then, there, there weren't just beat-em-ups and shit, so it's a good... And I like experiencing a lot of those older games, especially the ones I missed out on. Like, I hadn't... Up until recently, I had never played a uh, Final Fight game, and I've never played really Streets of Rage either, which is on the Genesis one, so I might, I might play through that, too. Pretty cool shit. Um, you know, speaking of kind of speaking of the same same vein of these things, uh, I was at Walmart and they have like these pseudo arcade cabinets that you could buy, like four hundred bucks, and I think they're standing oh, yeah. cabinets built, of built in games. It's kind of cool. Uh huh. Yeah, I saw those. I wonder how moddable they would be. Like, if you actually bought one, I wonder. I wonder if people have turned. I mean, I guess it would would like. Uh, even if you couldn't mod it, I suppose you'd have the case and shit done for you, like the actual cabinet, and you'd have a screen in there, so maybe it wouldn't be even be that hard. I wonder. That'd be pretty cool. But that's more of a space problem, isn't it? Like, it seemed bulky. Bulky. Oh, well, I mean... I mean, it's, our, maybe. it's an arcade cabinet, so... It's like... I want it to be large. I have no room for one in my place. It's, what, it's a large reason why I have to robot one, because I could probably get one. Not too hard, but where the hell did I put it? But I want one. I want one so bad. Because arcade mm. machines are the coolest. They're a very significant part of my early childhood. Uh, I want one. Also, wanted to give mad props to the Cartridge Club podcast. No, I should deliver it like I hate it. Uh, so they, so f- Cartridge Club had their... Cause we didn't win, right? So Cartridge Club had their, their annual CC awards. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we we didn't fucking win shit. You know, probably because probably because left doesn't show up, <laughs> and probably because we we're biweekly. Seiji stopped doing his obsessive uh, BB minis every other week, and I think all that. And Shelby missed that episode last week, so I think <laughs> I think all that added up to you know, like I think we got and and the, <laughs> the characters club bros aren't there to die, but <laughs> so. So I, we, I begrudgingly, with full, uh, uh, like, I don't want to do this, but congratulations to Polykill. I guess you killed it with everyone. Oh, whoa. Which That's is why you, you you did it. So congrats to Polykill. Yeah. Right, everyone? Travis. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, congrats. Did you guys vote? He's not supposed to ask if someone voted. I'm just kidding. Uh, I I didn't know what was going on, which is another reason why we didn't next year do well. Next year, let, let's, let's you, do a little bit of a campaign. See what happens. <laughs> do a campaign. Do you want to do a bonus barrel campaign across like yeah. the club website? We can pay for like putting up banners and stuff. Hey, we have those to be guys active. are doing it right. So mm-hmm. I'm listening to their podcast, and they're like, "Yeah, vote for us and such and such." Like, 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 mm-hmm. not in a joke manner. I I don't believe. Like, it didn't seem. Maybe we. Should- yeah. Have you been up- uploading the episodes to the uh, Cartridge Club website? No. <laughs> okay. Well, none of us do that. That's I why. Know. Yeah, I know. We gotta start. We gotta start doing that again. I'll make thumbnails, Seiji. But also, we we have to like ask our our like relatives and stuff who like us to, oh. and then people who like <laughs> us to you know send them the link and yeah. then, like. Hey, we you. don't have that many listeners. I'm pretty sure they have way more than us. Yeah, that's why I didn't so, say listeners. I said, I said relatives. <laughs> <laughs> I know my sister will fill up. Fill it up. <laughs> <laughs> <for us>. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's funny. Hello, I'm Eric from the Mighty Q-Dog channel. 
Here in the Q-Dog House, we accept only the highest level of quality, which is why we listen to the Polykill Podcast. Twice a month, hosts Caleb and Scott break down the video game issues of the day, no, offering... No, it's not the one with what? It's not the one with Caleb and Scott. It's not the one with Caleb? Polykill has Travis and Jake. Who? Travis and Jake. Who the Swayze are Travis and Jake? Yeah, okay, okay, I got it. <clears throat> Yee-hoo! Listen to the Polykill Podcast with hosts Jake and Travis. Get in on the topic of discuss. With Polykill, you'll want to just beat it. All right. Oh, oh, I want to do retro damage. Okay. This is a new thing. Retro oh. damage. Just making it up right now. This is when I play a game. Now, this is a little bit. This doesn't really work for the main show because I've played every, every game in the main show. But I, that's not enough for me. I now need to like get into onto the BB minis and shit, too. So retro damage is is uh, if you wind up playing the game that we reviewed, you can come in and, and jump in with your damage once you finished it mm-hmm. or played it significantly. And mm-hmm. I played Florence Ooh, for nice. mobile, mobile <laughs> for the Android. That's how oh, I played it. The last episode. That's right. You mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, I saw that it was very short. I'm like, okay, this is a, a reasonable mm-hmm. thing. Right? This is reasonable. Uh, I made some notes, and it'll hopefully jog my memory. Uh, but so I, I remember mentioning to myself, I like the way they used the. So okay, real quick, because people who listen to Bonus Real most likely didn't listen to spin-off shows because I'm not on it. So why would they even bother? But uh, yeah. so Florence is this little uh, I don't know, a puzzle game? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Visual, dating is not dating sim, but visual novel? Question mark. I don't know. It's 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 uh, a love story that you play through and you're interacting with it, but it's mostly like really easy puzzles and stuff and. Uh, I don't know. It's it, it. If you could smash one word on top of this game, it would be indie. It is so fucking. <laughs> it's it's like the most indie art filled. Like if like whatever the equivalent to those to those cheap uh, heart filled uh, indie movies that win Sundance uh, into games. That would be what this is. So mm-hmm. it's a little love story about this a woman. She's in her like mid twenties, and you kind of see her fall in love with someone, and and you know how she's how her life. Gain, gains, I don't know. I, I, she seemed like she was stuck in a rut at the beginning of the game. She finds someone, some stuff happens, and then she's kind of a complete person. That's that's my summary. Uh, mm. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but some notes I made that I really liked about it was the way they use dialogue puzzle boxes to show conversations. There's no words in this game. Um, so all the talking is done through like, uh, you know, just uh, kind of blank boxes to show that they're talking. But they, but they show like the way they do, I thought this was really clever. Like the ro- for like romance and uh, uh, the way you're kind of putting the pieces together and they fit together and they become like less complicated, right? But then like you're arguing and they're using like sharper shapes and and uh, things start don't fit together as well or or they're like they're, you have to do it faster and like like it really the way you're like I, playing is the right word, but it's not really like I said, it's not really a hard game. It's not like complicated puzzles, but but you feel like you get wrapped up, so you're like. When they're arguing, like I started swiping faster. I'm like, I'm throwing my puzzle pieces in because, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking arguing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when when they're falling for each other, the way that eventually it's just two pieces that fit. Like, it's it's really cool. They did a really awesome job with the way the dialogue boxes work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some other stuff I met, I found that was kind of interesting. So at, at a certain point, a character is moving in, uh, and you have to uh, oh. kind of choose some of their stuff to put with some of your stuff and yeah. I, I felt really weird though i felt like an invader like i was coming in yeah. so i didn't want to move much of their stuff but but that's not really fair because you should be able to put your stuff <laughs> your stuff in there too 
So uh, I was like, I was, <laughs> I had a hard time with that one. Yeah, I was really cool. It really made me think. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, there is a, a part in the game towards the end where you're putting uh, these pieces together and you find that they don't fit. Uh, I don't want to give exact spoilers, but I, I was like really, I was bummed out about that. Um, and there's a part where you have to remove something from another puzzle piece, which I thought like, damn, this game is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, yeah, I don't want to read that note. Anyways, so it has really cute art style, comic-y, maybe think, maybe think of Tumblr a little bit. Um, the music was really nice, and uh, there's, there's a couple characters in the game that you, you kind of get to know them. And uh, It's a really cool game, and I would retroactively give it no damage. Woo! Absolutely, everybody should play it. It's like three bucks, toss them some money. It's yeah. an hour of your time. It's really, really nice game. Support those indies, man. Mm-hmm. Great game. Absolutely. With my Florence retro damage. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you for the recommendation. It was, it was good. Yeah, it's a game that I, I, I feel that it does something really, really special. And it deserves it to is. be in, yeah. the, in the game of last year, I believe. It won in the Game Awards. And they did, didn't it? Right. More people should play. It. Yeah, they did. Yeah. It's super accessible. Everybody has a phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it's it, it's just really cute. Unless you hate like love and and uh, people and and good experiences. If you don't like any of those things, then don't play it. But but I'm not gonna let that hold me back from full damage right? for no damage. What's that? Female lead. Huh. Oh, oh, never mind then. Right? Why would you play that? <laughs> Never if they put if they if they put her on the uh, box art if this game had box art, no one would play it. Wow, it would bomb, wow. It would bomb right? I don't know. I think people are looking for that now. <laughs> I, I agree. It, no, the game is great, and it is. She's a good female lead, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I really like the character. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. It's hundred percent great game. Would play her in a fighting game. You know how they do those indie fighting game bashes where they. <laughs> there's, one, there's one coming out that has like cave story character in it and a bunch of other like indie games let's put florence in there too all right she fit right in she uses her like puzzle pieces but they're aggressive puzzle pieces so you're like <laughs> flinging them at the enemy and you have to swear her, all her control her done through swipes mm-hmm. you know if they could put phoenix right in the marvel versus capcom games <laughs> then they could put florence in this indie yeah you're, indie you're game. right because, like, literally all he does is he'll, like, trip and then fall and, like, headbutt somebody by accident. Or he's got papers and will, like, throw them at him. And like, okay. That's cool. Good job, Phoenix. Good job, buddy. Do your best. I remember watching. I was getting really hyped for Marvel's Capcom 3. This is would have been in 2010, I think. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the trailers. And I remember they had the Chris Redfield against the Hulk. And I'm like, yeah, there's no fucking way, buddy. That is not happening in a thousand years. Is this guy <laughs> going to be able to handle the Hulk for even one second? Have you or, seen or anyone who fights Thor. What's that? That have you seen Chris's arms? I have. Yeah, I just don't like think he can lift the mountain, though. I don't. I don't no, think he, he could he do can't. that. <laughs> Unless he can. That, to be fair, that reference to a Hulk lifting a mountain is a little bit different. He has leverage, so he's actually bracing sixty billion tons on his back, not quite fully on lifting it, but it's still a massive feat of strength. <laughs> That's from the Secret Wars from the eighties. Very popular comic book cover. Uh, there's a couple of comic fans in, in the CC community, and if they're listening, they'll, they'll get it. They'll get it. Shelby, did you get it? Yep. Awesome. I didn't know. I actually did not know you knew that comic. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you didn't know it, did you? No. I didn't think so. 
I have a few more things, but before that, I want you guys to jump in with more shit. Sage, you had notes. What do you? 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 What do you get notes about? Did I listen to some podcasts, so I have notes. So yes, I have some BB update. Our Ooh. fan, our friend, my friend, my real life friend and fan uh, of the show. So he's a fan and a friend of mine. Thank you so much, Sundary Jay, for being a huge fan of me, for all the respect you give me, for the love you give me. No one loves me more than Sundary Jay. He tells me every day, he's like, you're a real good guy. And Jordan's I and I appreciate that. that. Well, Jordan, too, of course. But Jordan doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> Sundary Jay does. Uh, anywho, so Sundary Jay really, he said that he really appreciates the... Uh, the uh, the BB or sorry the CC uh, recap stuff because he misses weekly so much and he liked hearing about the ongoing going ons of people. So Seiji, take it away, my friend. So these are gonna be really old because I didn't do an update last episode, so some of these are carryovers from that one. So it's probably mm-hmm. gonna be it's gonna cover like the last m- month or so. And yeah, so I listened to Retro <laughs> Fandango episode 102, and they were having some sort of talk about nutrition and nutrition facts, because <laughs> that's how they go, I guess. And um, at some point, they were talking about tortillas, and I was like, okay, so I know Uh-oh. I know yeah. a thing or two about tortillas. <laughs> and... <laughs> They were talking about tortillas, and at some point, I think one of them says that tortilla is like, it's basically ju- you just roll a piece of bread flat, and that's a tortilla. And Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And I was like, I got a little bit triggered. I got a. Yeah, to say, Sadie got triggered. Sadie, tell then, us about tortillas. But I, What are they? No, but then I was thinking about it. It depends if, if you're talking about the corned ones or you're talking about the, the flour ones, but. I get their point. They were talking about like lunch, right? I, I think um, Kevin was explaining how he tends to eat like a chicken breast wrap for lunch. And God, then sounds he, good. he didn't have that at some point And he thought it was a good idea to replace his uh, lunch with a peanut butter sandwich. And <laughs> they had this discussion about that being proper lunch. So I wanted to bring it to this show. Like, do you guys think? That's a proper meal replacement. Dude, I eat Gushers for breakfast. So, you know. <laughs> what a badass. Dude. Well, no. It's like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, if you eat whatever the fuck you want for breakfast, man. I, I don't. It's not the, no, it's it's not for the lunch. question. The que- oh, for yeah. lunch. Oh, okay. It's a question is preference or is it a proper lunch? Now, proper. as a child, uh, children are often, at least back when I was young, were often given peanut butter sandwiches for lunch to take to school. Easy to make, has has peanuts, has his fruit from the jam, has bread. <laughs> What's it missing? Meat. I don't know how much fruit? But is you're getting those in nuts jam. in there. So much fruit. It's amazing. Uh, I'm gonna go with yes. Yeah, but nuts are still good for you. They can be if you don't eat a whole bunch of them. I'm sh- you know peanut butter doesn't have that much nut in it. Yeah, peanut butter also has like artificial sweeteners and stuff in it. So you're in the camp of no, it's not a proper lunch. No, but it is delicious. Okay, so Shelby's a no. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, I don't like them as much now as an adult. Plus, I'd rather have them toasted. Okay, let just me a let me add a, a little bit of nuance here, right? Because Shelby okay. did touch on something that Rambox said. He he starts like inquiring Kevin about the actual container of the peanut <laughs> butter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like what's on it? What's in it? What's on it? What's into it? But but also like. 
I think they're looking at the actual brand of this particular peanut butter uh, mm. that they used. And it has like cartoon bears on the label. That's cute. Right? Mm -hmm. So he's saying that that doesn't look healthy and that, you know, if it has like, <laughs> like cartoon bears on the label, it cannot be healthy. But then Kevin says that it, that, that, that is not like the case because it was 100% peanuts and no more. Right? So... There's there's no additives, no sugar apparently on, on this particular mm -hmm. product product, so there's I, I just wanted to add that that extra bit of information. So continue to make to make that even better. Why not just put a bunch of vegetables on your peanut butter uh, label, and just be like peanut butter, it's super healthy, and just throw a bunch of vegetables on there, and just and it, nothing else changes. Maybe that would help him. <laughs> It's like I get in my carrots Marketing. and my spinach. But, yeah, but, but even if even if you put like a, a big piece of broccoli in your peanut butter sandwich, which I don't yeah. like, hey, could be good. Well, it could be good. People now that eat I'm thinking celery about and it. peanut butter together. That's right. There you go. Like, would that make it better? Would that make it proper? No. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Here, here's a, here's a proper lunch, okay? If your peanut butter sandwich, you get some fucking carrots and a little yogurt and an apple. Bam! You got yourself <laughs> a, a decent lunch. Oh, it's a part of a complete lunch by itself. Disagree. Very little by itself. Mm -hmm. You will disagree. <laughs> to, all right. Well, what's your? What, so you would say it's still bad. I, I don't. I think yeah. Back to the uh, to the bears. So okay. they were saying if they're asking if there could mm -hmm. maybe be a more appropriate animal, you know, for a peanut butter product. Mm -hmm. and you guys are like artists and stuff, so not marketers though. Yeah, but, you know, what would be a, a more appropriate animal? I'm going to say a giraffe. A giraffe? Yeah. Because giraffes would eat peanuts? No, because, like, you know, and this is, like, if the jar, let's say, was, like, comically huge. Um, the giraffe, you know, has sometimes when you get to, like, the bottom of the jar and it's really hard to get the peanut butter out of the bottom. Oh. Well, giraffe's got a long neck, so it could just, like, whoop. Nice. That's, that's, smart. A, that's a good get one. the extra mm -hmm. peanut butter. And that's it. And they also have, like, really long tongues, too, so they might not even have to stick their head in the jar. Like, mm -hmm. just, you know. There you go. This is how my product will outsell yours. I will have an adorable <laughs> koala or sloth hugging a jar of peanut butter. Mm -hmm. And when you when you buy it, you have that adorable little animal. It has nothing to do with peanuts or butter. Uh, but everybody will see the cute animal. Like, cool, I'm gonna get that. But that's Even cuter than the bear, bear, though. Yeah, but koalas are way cuter. Especially the ones in uh, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> the, the murders. Yeah, <laughs> right. We'll get to, we'll get back to that later, though. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That was, that was a good discussion. Final thought about uh, Retro Fandango One Hundred Two. They were having this this conversation about uh, going to a Mexican restaurant and having nachos, and also got a little bit triggered again. Because, oh God, poor JJ's rough week. Yeah, but mildly. You know what I mean? Okay. Just mild. Soft trigger. Like I'm a uh, few things get me triggered. So like <laughs> a light, a light triggered. triggering. Yeah. So yeah. just mildly, you know, because mm. I, I I have perspective, right? I understand uh, the the uh, the general perception of Mexican food here in North America, in Canada. Um, yeah. And. I understand that it sounds Mexican and it looks Mexican. It has like 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 tortilla <laughs> chips and it has like cheese and stuff. So like, okay, cool. Yeah. But natural to me as a Mexican, like if I didn't have any sort of perspective about what, you know, 
how Mexican food is viewed outside of Mexico. Like to me, nachos are more like a like um like an American food, the same as like hot dogs, like hot dogs, yeah. nachos. I actually I actually think the same thing when I think of nachos. I'm just like yeah, like consider them a Mexican food. So to me, they belong like in the movie theater. Maybe mm-hmm. that's where I would have nachos. Maybe and definitely not at a restaurant. That's a novel concept for me. <laughs> But it's, but it's cool, you know, if you have them, like, they're tasty. I'm not saying they're not tasty. I'm just saying that it's kind of, you know, it was weird. Now, it, now it's not because ever since, like, I moved to Canada, like, I've seen nachos in, like, casual restaurants um, everywhere here. You go to a seat-in, you know, restaurant, and you have, like, a big plate of nachos for, like, 15 bucks. And that's, that was crazy for me, but, you know, that's what happens. So, yeah, I just want to mention that, and that wraps up Retro Fandango 102. You want me to continue? I have more notes about other... Yeah, there's <laughs> about no more. Uh, Franny Thoughts. Uh, he doesn't number his episode. Like, I don't know how I feel about that, Josh. I, you might want to consider, you know, adding some numbers in there so I can say Franny Thoughts, like, 27 or whatever. But he, it, it's his, like, I think the title of the episode is, like, Life Update, and he also talks about the Spider-Verse movie. Which I haven't. Oh, good movie. Which I haven't watched, that, and I really want to. Um, he's talking about a sucky job interview he had, and I felt really bad about it. And and he he's saying that he went for an interview about like an electronic store, and Josh brought up his experience building PCs, and somehow like the the interviewer got very arrogant about it. And he's saying like, oh, but then, you know, that's really not hard. Like any, anyone can do it. And, and like, no, that's wrong. Why would you do that? Like, how is it like relevant to the job interview? But anyway, Josh, don't worry about it. It's great that you have that sort of experience. <laughs> and you did no wrong by bringing that up. And that guy was a jerk. Fuck that guy. Um, like, but this was like weeks ago. So I know he started a new job. So I wanted to congratulate uh, Josh on that. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah. Then let's move on to Polykill eighty three, and they had whatever this really... those, those guys, those smug bastards. Think they're oh, so wow. cool. They had this. Uh, <laughs> it was their first uh, episode of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were talking about resolutions and stuff, and 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 they had a really cool um, part in the show. They called nuking the backlog. The rules of that is that they have a maximum space for 10 games in their backlog and you can only add new games to it by you know beating one game or trying a game enough so that you get like the gist of the game so you can replace it with a new one or something like that right i did my list and put it in the forums um and and i saw some people doing the same and it was really cool you know you know keeping it to 10 not being not too like crazy about it and i've been trying to keep at it you know I also finished my first game this year, uh, Phoenix Wright versus Professor Layton, and I intend to surpass nice. Rob this year. I'm going to play whatever Rob's number of games is, plus one. So you're going to have 53 games? 53 or, you know, or more. Or more. Yeah. Let's, let's not limit ourselves. So, <laughs> so, so far right now, I'm at 10 and you're at one, so we're yes. off to a good start. Yes. It, 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 was, it was a considerably longer game, maybe. Yeah. I mean, for me. I have long games coming up that's going to slow me down. It's kind of another reason why I'm getting through a bunch of shorter games now. Because I don't want to start anything too long before Kingdom Hearts. Although I'm still playing a Kingdom Hearts game and only halfway through it. So I get, I still have to finish that. Mm-hmm. 
And they were uh, talking about Resident Evil and how they wanted to play more Resident Evil. And I also want to play more. Re- Me too. I actually want to play a Resident Evil game because mm-hmm. I've never played it. Like I, my experiences playing Resident Evil haven't been all that positive. So that's why I wasn't very interested. And at some point I want to play 4 because um, it's really high up in what people think about it. You should get uh, a PS4, man. Pretty much every Resident Evil is available on PS4 in the best way you're going to get to play it. Or I guess PC too, but bleh. Uh, man, just just uh, get a PS4. I should. I should. I'm going to yeah. keep saying it. You I almost should. did. I sort of have one at home right now, but anyway. Um, oh, well, there you go. And the most interesting part, maybe for you, Rob, because I want to hear yeah, your thoughts. And Shelby, you want to okay. also, like, I don't know how much of a, of a Pokemon fan you are, but I think, uh, I don't remember which one of them has never played, or I, I think they have, but let's say they, they've never played a Pokemon game, right? And mm-hmm. they were talking about which Pokemon game would be the best one to start with. And I was thinking about it really hard. And also, they don't have a 3DS, so, because I think uh, one of them recommends uh, Sun and Moon to start, which I think mm-hmm. is a good idea, but doesn't have a 3DS and is not willing to get like a brand new system to, you know, play that specific Pokemon. Do they have a Switch? Yes. Play Let's Go Pikachu then. It's the perfect entry level Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. But, well, what do you mean by entry level? Because it's easy. It's easier, rather, I should say. And Pokemon games in general are easier. But it also gets away to rid of the monotony, right? You don't have to fucking do random battles all the time. You, It's pretty. It's cute. It's, uh, I don't know. It's all the, oh, it doesn't have HMs, which is a huge pain in the ass to deal with. Uh, it has a lot of the moder- modern stuff. It lets you have trainer customization, which is popular amongst a lot of people, even though it's not very robust. Uh, yeah, and it gets you the first 151 Pokemon, so, you're, so you don't have to be overwhelmed by a thousand different Pokemon options. Uh, keeps things pretty simple. For like, I don't think it's the best Pokemon game in the series by far, but it's a really good entry level one. Entry level, but in the in the sense to like to the series, not to a novice player. Yeah, it's not hard though, but not really any Pokemon game is that hard until you get to the post game stuff. So, and once you get to the post game stuff, Pikachu has a lot. If you want to fucking do all those uh, individual Pokemon master questing, I was thinking, you know, you might be tempted to believe that starting from the beginning would be the best, but I don't think so. Like the first games are are fun and all. They're rough. But yeah. if you see the series as a whole. I think the first game is kind of broken mechanically because the the type chart is is awful. You know, it has. I'd say X and Y to be. If I had to pick a core Pokemon, I'd say X and Y. X Y. Yeah, I, I would say anything after the third game. I'd say because in the third game they fix stuff, and then in the fourth game they actually fix more stuff that makes like the core gameplay like more fun. And from there mm-hmm. on, I think they're solid. And 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 also when they do the remakes, they like they know that what they fixed is really good for the series because they also you know they they don't remake the games as they were like they, they bring all the new yeah. stuff also. Right. So if that's the case, especially if he doesn't have 3ds. Heart Gold and Soul Silver, if you can get past the price point, are also really good games uh, for starting it with, right? Mm-hmm. They they have all the features. It's a DS engine. I, Gold and Silver is one of my favorite games of all time let alone Pokemon, because of what it's like the perfect example of what a, a sequel can do. Uh, so, you know, Heart Gold, Souls Over, XY, Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. Those are all really good starting Pokemon games, in my opinion. Um, next, 
uh, podcast that I listened was Vlog Talk 26. They were talking about challenge modes. And they had a really interesting, <laughs> like, um, testicle physics talk. <laughs> Apparently in this game called Sniper Elite 4 for the PS4, like, when you, when you like, when you like shoot people in the you know in that area of their bodies, like there's yep. some 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 jiggling physics going on, and apparently they're like interesting enough to like have a long conversation. Jiggling jiggling physics, eh? Yeah, and I, yeah, it was interesting. Also, and this is I I heard this in vlog talk, but I also been listening other people in other contexts saying that one two switch, it's kind of fun. I think uh, Catherine mentioned that they were playing that over the holidays and they were having a lot of fun. And hmm. that's that's very interesting because maybe people are starting to look this game in a different light. So Yeah. Cool. Get to milk that cow, man. Uh, they were talking about Shadow of the Colossus, another game that I really God, I need to play that game. Yeah, I need to replay it, I should say. Uh, someone defines that game as something in the lines of just wanting to destroy something beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's how they would define that game. And then that reminded me of, of our, our morals and ethics talk re- revolving <laughs> this game. <laughs> Way back in the day, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so uh, that's that's Vlog Talk 26. Uh, just some quick notes also on STC Pod 215. Mm-hmm. They were talking about coffee, McDonald's coffee, and, and I think one of the good. They, they, were, they were complaining about how if you ask for one cream on a small coffee or, you know, one cream mm-hmm. on, a, on a medium or large coffee, is it proportional to the coffee? And, and I don't know about McDonald's, but at least in, um, in Team Hortons, which is, which is very, I, I'm starting to see that it's kind of controversial, but anyway, uh, I, I do enjoy it, so... It, it's I fine. love Tim's. It's fine. Don't be, you know, an elitist about your. Tim's. What's controversial about Tim's? I have Tim's all the time. A lot of people don't like it, and they say it's Fuck garbage. Them. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna get my five dollar Starbucks coffee. No, no, you know, Starbucks. I, I, I generally don't like it. Like I, I I'm not I a fan like, either. Like I, I don't like the taste. Exactly. Yeah, McDonald's is yeah. fine, but do you think it's had it. it's proportional? Hundred percent. It's proportional. I don't Wait. think it is because they have. Actually, no. I think about it. No, milk. you're right. Like it has a sheen that portions out the milk, and I don't think there are options for like, oh, this is the cream that you put, or this is the proportion of cream that you put yeah, in a large coffee. Right. Like that's, I don't think that's how that works. So half cream, half sugar. Hmm. Always tastes the same. Then if you ask for a small coffee, mm-hmm. right, and 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 the, the the amount, the hard amount of of, of cream cream and or sugar will be the same. As if you order a large coffee, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, because if you get a large right. coffee, then ask for two cream. Oh, boy. You know, because the cream or sugar doesn't cost you anything extra to put in the coffee. Like, it already comes with the cost of the coffee, right? <sighs> I don't know if I agree with that. I don't. I honestly do not think it's proportional, but that's because, like, my parents are really mm. picky about their coffee orders and junk. Uh-huh. That's and interesting. You you can see it, too. Like, if you go up and you're, like, like looking through the window or if you're, like, inside and you're looking how they're doing it it's literally just one button that they press and it uh dispenses uh the cream in portions for you but i think it's just the one button so i don't know it would be interesting to to see but i don't think it's i don't think it's proportional blowing my mind because when i ask for a small double double or a medium double double they end up tasting the same to me yeah i get half cream half sugar it's the same for me i don't but i was just thinking about a small i had last night or the other night 
Mm-hmm. It did feel a little sweeter. Maybe she's right. Mm-hmm. But I could also just be imagining okay. wrong. We'll follow up with this. Follow yeah. <laughs> I should just ask. Uh-huh. That's 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 BB update. I'll, I'll I'll have more notes, more uh, contemporary notes uh, next time because <laughs> this one we're, we're kind of old, um, mm. right? And long. It's fucking last year's news, man. Hey, I have a uh, remember that s- uh, segment I started last last episode? Yes. Rob's retro room. Yes. Well, I have another one. Rob's retro room number two, and I'm gonna quickly, quickly, quickly discuss Ikari Warriors. Oh. Uh, all the first three games, uh, SNK's Akari Warriors, originally debuted on the arcade. There is NES ports and others. I only played the arcade versions on my SNK collection on Switch. Ikari Warriors, is, uh, number one, is kind of like, uh, I want to say, run and gun or, or pseudo shoot 'em up. You're basically uh, top down going vertical. Uh, you And I guess the arcade cabinet, which of course is not how I played it, had a unique um, rotational stick so you could... Aim, so your aim was separate from your your movement, so you could kind of shoot in any direction. And they basically just mapped that to the second dual log, uh, dual analog stick in in the uh, switch. Anywho, fucking really hard game. But you play as two characters. I think their names are Ralph and Clark. Um, you <laughs> you're going through jungles, and uh, I can't remember the plot of the first one very well. But there's just bullets everywhere. It's kind of this World War, or kind of like maybe. Vietnam setting I I don't know the setting is is war of some sort and yeah you play these two characters you you have guns with ammo and that can run out and bombs and you pick up shit you can jump in tanks uh shoot things pretty pretty standard kind of military game uh in terms of setting music's pretty cool uh graphics are all right and there's parts where you're wa- like you're waiting in water and th- so that's all fine. So, you know, you have your these two characters and that stuff. So the sequel's coming out and you think, all right, we're going to get some tighter mechanics. Uh, maybe uh, they'll go to the north or something. I don't know. <laughs> the second game, which is called Akari Warriors Victory Road, and not to be confused, of course, with the Pokemon Victory Road, it's a sci-fi. <laughs> for some reason, they're in space or on this alien planet. And you're fucking fighting, uh, you know, alien monsters and shit. This one is a little less, it's a little less difficult um and thankfully uh but it, it's just it's a really weird game and what an example of a of an insane sequel because it has like nothing to do with the first one um but i, I found that it was more balanced and uh more fun largely because i really liked the uh, setting it was like i love sci-fi and stuff and just the jump from like you know crazy jungles to weird alien landscapes with a lot of fun has this weird mechanic though occasionally uh this teleport pad will appear in the screen blocking your way and if you don't go around it you get sucked in it and you have to fight a mini boss one of two mini bosses over and over again so you have to try and avoid those um and the last boss is pretty hard it took forever to kill it i think it took me like a half hour of fucking shooting it before it died it was ridiculous but uh, that was pretty fun. And then Akari Warriors 3 decides, okay, let's just pretend that that second game never happened. Because now we're, we're back on Earth and stuff. The president's kid's been kidnapped and you have to go rescue it. Are you bad enough dudes to rescue the uh, president's daughter? That's a uh, reference from a different game. Uh, but so this one, instead of being a shooter like the other two games were, it's a top-down beat-em-up game. So, you know, at this point in time, beat-em-up games are really popular. Ninja Turtles and Final Fight and all that stuff. So they're like, well, let's just keep the viewpoint from the other games, make the characters like 50% larger, and basically they don't have wep- they don't have guns equipped automatically anymore. Uh, occasionally you'll pick up guns, but otherwise you're just punching and kicking people. But from the top down, graphically it's it's the best of the three, uh, but it plays 
quite different than the other two. I, I would say it's, I don't know. My my order of, of preference would be two, three, one, but uh, two largely because of the the setting. The three is much more playable, but not as fun and not as interesting. Uh, and yeah, and that's the Kyrie Wars. I've never played the series before. I kept hearing about it. I dismissed it as a war game. I don't like war settings, but uh, the second game was a pleasant surprise. Ooh. Yeah, hope you guys enjoyed hey, that. What? what? Uh, while I, I took my, my little mute break uh, because mm-hmm. there was a loud snowblower outside, I took the opportunity to consult somebody who works at Tim Hortons about the coffee situation. Oh, yes. It, nice. it is proportional. So they do add more cream. Oh, and, and nice. what about, what about, what about the, uh, the uh, button situation? They just press it more. <laughs> what? <laughs> Button situation. Yeah. All right. Well, it's proportional. That's great. Well, you really have me what do you mean they that. just press it more? Did you actually like ask that question and they actually said that? Yeah. Well, he just said it gets more, but they only have one button to press. So it, I assume it's maybe they just hold it for longer. But even then, that's, yeah, like you still have to guesstimate it at that point. They probably get like, pros at it, though, right? Whoa. So probably. it's completely human driven. I don't. I, I, well, not completely. I mean, not completely because you still got to press a button. Yeah, but that you have to press it more, so it's just you know, it's just opening like a little door and. But maybe it's like a ratio. So like a, a small one would get one button press, and if yeah. to equate the ratio, you have to press it three times for a large. Let's yeah, say. Exactly. but they they don't actually said that, right? Well, no, she never. She didn't interview them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring him to the show. Can they? Can they join the our Discord? <laughs> oh no, they're they are currently working. So <laughs> even better. <laughs> they can, ah, they you're not at a, Tim's. They can this do a live did work at Tim's before, but they didn't. They're not there now. You should call them and ask them right now. No, obviously not. That's hilarious. Okay, that's let, good, let, Shelby. Good investigative great. work. Uh-huh. They work at a call center, so I can wow. call them. It's like, like it's part of their job. It's like NPR yeah. here. <laughs> Man, there you go, yeah. Shelby. I'm very impressed with you. I mean, but this is just right now. this is just one. So, and I know a few people who worked at Tim, so we can ask all of them, and then we can get like the multiple perspectives. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you so much for that, Shelby. <laughs> yes, I appreciate it. So, one more thing for me before we go to the topic is: is we watched me and Shelby watched a movie called Escape Room. <gasps> It's a horror movie. Um, I remember most of it. <laughs> it's about escape rooms, which is very hip and trendy. You know, mm-hmm. you go to an escape room, uh, and you have to f- you figure the puzzles to get out. Mm-hmm. And and that's 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 the real life one. And this Except one, they're stuck yeah. in this an advanced escape room. Uh, they basically took a template of the parody of Scream. But you know, how, you know, on Scream, they're like, there's that character who's explaining everything and, and all, how these horror movies work. They basically just copied that and did this horror movie because, like, the expert dies in like two seconds. And, well, you he's know, the first one like who the dies. second room, yeah, he's the first one to die because he knows what's going on. And anywho, mm-hmm. this movie I remember was hilarious. Oh, it was. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I may, have, I may now. I don't want to be controversial. It's legal now, so I don't have to be mum about it. You maybe people <laughs> won't respect me as much for because I like to partake. But I ate a bunch of, that, <laughs> a bunch of edibles before I went and watched this movie, and I, for me, it didn't, it didn't, it enhanced my experience. I loved it. There's a part in this movie where the fourth escape room, where they're in this like. <laughs> They're in this room, and it looks something like from the '90s, like an MTV set. Everything has a pattern over it, like this, like white and black striped like pattern. Looks like an room, like it's funny. Yeah, yeah, and and the characters themselves get drugged in there, and I, and the whole time I'm like, I'm like, I'm I'm also high, so I'm like, this is fucking crazy. 
Uh, I had a lot of fun. And they were like, it had like rock music and flashy lights and shit. And I was like, I was wondering if maybe I was, this wasn't actually happening because it was so like, so cliched in your face, crazy. Uh, but it was great. Hmm. Yeah, please, please don't uh, disrespect me too much for partaking in the devil's Why grass. Why would they disrespect you? Because gamers are known for not liking marijuana. Are they yeah. though? No, that's sarcasm. Uh, well, anyways, it shouldn't be it perceived any different now than if you're like, yeah, I was like, I had a drink drunk. before. It didn't be there early before that. That's okay. I'm drunk right now. Yeah. No. Yeah, Shelby's I'm drunk also, too. I'm also super sloshed, like 24 seven. Shelby, you sound like such a drunk right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so it's likely that I haven't met you guys sober. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you've ever met us sober. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Always drinking. Yeah. Shelby shoots up a lot. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> Why do I shoot up? I mean, I'm not saying I don't. I snort. Okay. I snort and you shoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> The two S's, that's what they call us. I have a little bit of a story. Oh, oh boy. Um, okay. It's relevant to, to this topic. Um, the escape rooms? N- no, the, the, the uh, <laughs> movie watching, movie watching okay. topic, I guess. I'm expanding it, you see. Um, <laughs> so the other day, uh, I come back home. Yeah. And the first thing I do when I get home, I just catch up with Erica, you know, see what she did. And mm-hmm. I tell her what I did and such and such. And this one was a pe- peculiar day because she was saying that she was watching a movie. And you see, Erica doesn't like horror movies or anything resembling horror. Like, she gets really, really scared, right? And I find it very endearing, but also sometimes a little bit, not frustrating, but I would like to watch, you know, some movie that has some of those themes and you know one because i might find it interesting and two because i like to see her reactions and she tends to to hug me and i like that um (laughs) so she was telling me about this movie and it started to sound an awful lot like a horror movie and i was like wait what so you watched a horror movie and and she was telling me that she didn't realize that until she was explaining what the movie was about. And I was like, well, I I also want to watch it. And it's on Netflix, and it was called, I think, Bird Box. (laughs) Oh, yes, it's very popular now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's topical, right? Oh, boy, I know you. You're good, buddy. Yeah, New Year. So (laughs) I was watching this movie, and, and, and really interesting. I liked it. I really liked it. Hmm. You should watch Quiet Place. Yeah, I guess I, 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 I we should start seeing more, more movies like that. I found that yeah. really funny. It was a great bad movie. Um, really? Bird Box was? Oh, I yeah. gotta watch this. It's got shitty reviews. Like it's Have bad, you watched it, Shelby? But it's no, good. I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Okay. We should watch this this week. If, if you guys watch it, you know, let me know. It's really interesting. Um, I like the setting. Yeah. And the, 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 you know, it has a lot of stupid parts because it's a, it's a bad movie. It is, I think objectively it's a bad movie, but, you know, you can get, be entertained and, and, you know, about all that. But it was interesting. Bird, bird it's box. awesome. Yeah. Bird Box. Bird Box. And are you going to do the Bird Box Challenge that's going on on YouTube, Seiji? Yeah. You know what that so, is? Uh, uh-huh. So, yeah, uh, after that, I started seeing, you know, a lot of uh, references to that. Explain it real quick. Like, 
like wow now i understand i, I don't know but, but it, it's all it sort of like spoils the movie a little bit doesn't it i mean not it, the plot of the movie is that they're blindfolded because they can't look at the monster right like that's a sub that's a summary uh, that's not okay that's not crazy spoil everybody knows that that, yeah. Do, do they? I knew that. Oh, you guys. It's the premise of the movie. Oh, you guys know that. Okay. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's the they're they're blindfolded on the cover of 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 the of the Netflix. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Like you so, see but the but I, I don't I, know anything else about it. I think the most relevant part of this is because in 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 the movie this this one character and this is not really a spoiler because you know it's really so early on. Um, mm-hmm. So the main character has a couple of kids, right? Um, Boy and girl. And they are blindfolded, so people are doing that with their kids, like they're grabbing their kids, and you know they're trying to do like mundane stuff with their with a blindfold, but also they're they're like trying to go places with the with their blindfolded kids, oh and they're just like slamming them into walls, and people <laughs> <laughs> I think it, people some some people think it's funny, but apparently that's like, funny um, on net, the the official. Netflix Twitter account had <laughs> yeah. to post something about it. Like, people, don't do this, please. Don't, don't do hurt it. yourself. Yeah, please don't hurt yourself trying uh. to do the, the Bird Box Challenge. Bird Box Challenge, of course, is people blindfolding themselves and trying to, like Sadie said, trying to do their mundane shit. They're dumb. It's another trend. It's, it's and not even for a good cause. It's just stupid. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy people are hurting themselves doing it. It's yeah. funny. They're the dumb. Movie, the the movie's, like, blowing up because of the Bird Box Challenge. <laughs> because I've of the been. fucking challenge. Yeah. yeah. Bird box challenge. Can you break your face blindfolded? <laughs> this is as good as the uh, the soap the soap box or whatever the fuck it was the uh, Tide Pod challenge. You know, just was that good. even a challenge? I just thought people were eating them. I don't know, man. I, think, I, think I don't it was know. A challenge. I am not hip. I'm not hip. I'm not up to date. Well, if you make it a challenge, they have yeah. to do it. Akin to the uh, cinnamon challenge. Yeah, this, I remember this. That was classic cinnamon challenge. That one's actually funny, though. People could still hurt themselves with that. The other day, I was I was watching this uh, uh, cooking channel, and I got this recommendation for a Thai pot cookie recipe. <laughs> I found that interesting. <laughs> but I think what they were trying to do, really earnestly, but also really foolishly, is to like for parents to make those cookies so that their kids feel they're cool or something. But you know they're not actually eating the pot. This encourages them. I don't know right. about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know how you're, you're you're browsing stuff and you get recommended stuff, right? Yeah, it's all about visibility yeah. these days. But I get this into deep thoughts, you know, about those recommendations. If I should click on it or not. <laughs> Here's something I want to say before I forgot twice uh, while we were talking. But uh, an interesting thing will be. See, so people who start permanently watching a large portion of YouTube out on their Switch, for example, you'll actually see your hours of fucking YouTube watching, like in your profile. Oh, what? you've watched sixty hours or more of YouTube. If you watch YouTube on your twit on your Switch a lot, <laughs> the Switch keeps track of how many hours you have, roughly how many hours you have of any one app. So oh, if you watch, you're gonna be able to see like if you've watched like forty hours of YouTube people and use so it forth. To listen to soundtracks and stuff, though. So you yeah, don't necessarily yeah. have to be watching. It could be listening, but it'd be cool. Could be listening. Yeah, but, but for sure, for sure, YouTube is my most like used app on on, on the Switch. Mm. I only got five hours. I have it all on all the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, I see you on YouTube a lot on on the Switch. Is that yeah. when you're at work or something? 
No, on the Switch? No, it's, it's uh, yeah. uh, at home. Oh, you just have stuff up. Yeah, I just have stuff up. Um, Couldn't you be playing or, a game? Because uh, th- th- that's what we use a TV for nowadays, you know, to watch YouTube. YouTube, yeah. Anyway. I just hope they add Netflix to the uh, to the Switch. I know I P- really P2, do. one hates it, but come yeah. on, let's get that Netflix on there. Netflix and YouTube. Uh, I love my Switch, man. Switch is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. All right, we should go on to our topic, right? Let's do it. <laughs> Are we f- Up next is our topic! Our topic this week is a game that I chose called uh, Rystar, Ristar, Ristar. So my very first thing I, I have written down is how do you pronounce it? And I did a little bit of research. Uh, so Japanese is Ristar, but that's Japanese and not. Ah, <laughs> Ristar, the shooting star. Right. <laughs> so uh, so I, I even looked into the gaming historian. Uh, there is GameFAQs. Uh, thread about this and a couple other ones. Uh, seems like there's three pronunciations that are most popular, of course, is Ristar, Rystar, and Ristar. Um, I don't know. I always said Rystar growing up, like Rise Star. Uh, but then other people are like, well, he's using his wrist or flicking his wrist to to grab things, so it's Rist Star. And oh. the other person, other people are like, you know, he's using his hands. And the other person is like, but it's from Japan, so it's Ristar. Uh, I kind of like Rystar personally, so that's what I'm going to go with the rest of this episode. But it seems like any of those are, are so. Uh, and also, the Gaming Historian said that he was talking to a Sega employee once, and they also said Rystar. But you know, that's that's anecdotal. It doesn't really, meh. So I, I like that. Uh, you guys, Rystar. We could all pronu- we could all pronounce it differently if we want for the whole episode. I could be Rystar, uh, Seiji could be Ristar, and Shelby could be Ristar, and then we can, <laughs> we could have them all covered. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So first up, what is Rystar? So Rystar was developed and published by Sega in February 16, 1995, in North America, and in a rare case, February 17th in Japan. So we got it a day early. It was directed by Akira Nishino and Takeshi Nimura. The designer was Takumi Miyake. It's a single-player platformer for the Genesis. And the story? Question mark. I actually made quite a bit of notes this time. Uh, in the American version, it takes place in the Valdi system, where a pirate named Kaiser Greedy has used mind control and gets all of the planet's leaders under his control. Also, he kidnaps Rystar's dad. So that's that's the, that's the setup of the game. Uh, I want to ask the first question is, have you heard of this game or played it before, Seiji, first? Never played it before. Mm-hmm. I can't remember any... Specific instance where somebody talking about this game, but somehow it didn't seem unfamiliar. So, yeah. And you've mentioned it uh, before, so I, I guess I was ready. Okay. <laughs> so you've heard of it, but you didn't know much about it. How about you, Shelbo? Or, oh, no, no neither of those. I've not oh. heard of it or played it before. Cool. All right. Well, I've known about Rystar for a very, very long time. I, I can't recall when I first saw it. Like, I don't know if I saw oh, it when it came you. out, but my earliest memory. <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but my early my earliest memory is uh, having it on the uh, PSP Sega collection, uh, which would have been like I think 2006 ish, uh, which really is only 10 years after it came out. Uh, I would always try it. Uh, I liked it, but never get very far. Uh, so what happens is when I get those collection games, I get overwhelmed by how many's there, and I wind up playing almost none of it. Uh, so that's changed in the recent years. Now that I'm playing like a bunch of these collection games, but back then I would be like, ah, I'm gonna play this. No, I gotta try this other one. I can't commit to one game. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was a big reason why I never really played more of it. But I always had this like weird soft spot for it, kind of like Starfy actually. Uh, another game that I want to play more of. Uh, but never get, uh, never really haven't done a lot of it. Uh, so my next question then is, how did you play it this time, Shelby? Rom. Nice. Yep. Okay. <laughs> with a controller, with the controller, right? With a controller, yeah. Nice. Did you fit? And you did not use save states. No. Awesome. All right. You're very hardcore. Uh, Seiji, how did you play it? Uh, I actually sent her the ROM. All right. So the next thing I wanted to mention is uh, let's discuss the controls. So I'll I'll sum them up real quick, and if I miss anything, let me know. Uh, Rystar moves left to right, can jump, has stretchy limbs that can latch on the enemy's walls and objects. Uh, you interact with the environments mostly with jumping and grabbing. Uh, there's no run, he just kind of moves. He can grab in any direction, even downwards, which you can use to leap down platforms and to grab at some armored enemies. Uh, and you use star handles a lot in the game, which let you spin around and around and gain speed and invincibility. Uh, yeah, when he gets hit also, he gets some invincibility. Am I missing anything? He has four, oh yeah, he has four lives, or four, four health for uh, HP, but they're represented in stars. And they have, a, they have that, that um, mechanic, kind of like Earthbound in a way, where if you get hit and the animation is playing when you're getting it, like so, so you have one health left and you grab a star. If you get hit before that star finishes an, its animation and goes back up in your HP pool, you'll die. Uh, which can also be good if you grab an extra star by accident, get hit, and then your health winds up staying full instead of uh, a three, so. And, and also, you can leave your health on the ground in some fights and actually pick them up later so that you uh, have a little bit more health than you're supposed to have. But yeah, that mechanic can be very frustrating sometimes. Yeah. Uh, oh, and there's a lot of interaction with the environments. So there's there's, there's like uh, levers, platforms that you can grab, uh, leaping through walls. So they're more like, not really walls, but they're obstacles that you will you can jump across. You can grab a diagonal diagonal jumps with grabbing to get like higher height. There's certain parts in the game where you actually have no ladder, but you have to keep bounding off the wall to gain height. It's really hard uh, at some points, but uh, you so you can kind of bounce off the wall a little bit to get some to get some elevation. Um, and then of course there's a bunch of different mechanics depending on which world you're in. Like the underwater world has swimming, the snow one there's slippery, etc. Mm. Uh, and the fucking and the world called Sonata, which is the rhythm world, the goddamn bouncing drums and spike walls. Uh, all right, so how far did everybody get? That's, a, that's usually what I asked first, and I forgot to. So, Seiji, first, how far did you get in the game? Um, a little bit further than the second boss, so not too much. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Shelby? I beat Sonata World. That's the fourth world. Yeah. That's pretty. That's that's over halfway. That's pretty good. And I, I beat it, obviously. That was super long. Uh, 
it's it's kind of it's yeah it's like three or four hours if you're good which i'm not uh if you're playing without any save states and i imagine it's way longer um so yeah but you did pretty good to get that far to be completely honest with you all right so then the other question again back difficulty it it gets hard some bosses are actually way easier at the end and then there's one that's just brutal uh and if you get game over shelby you start the world over right or is that just a level um as far as i've ever experienced it uh just the level so like you know how there are two levels and then usually like a boss level in each world yeah um so i think in the um in the in the water area that's the second world i think undertow um Mm -hmm. i died on the second level and i like i lost all my lives or whatever and then i restarted at the beginning of that level um yeah so you don't have to restart the whole world or anything you just that's get... awesome as as far as i've experienced i don't know okay uh all right so then how did Seiji? how did you find the difficulty in the game um uh, it got hard after i think the second boss i i was yeah. in this world where i agree it's like a volcanic gorge world yeah and and that's where it got very hard. That, that that's the I think the level with the cages. Scorcher. And I think I beat it, and I moved on to like a volcano world or something like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was that, that that got too hard for me. And I I, I wish I I could have played more. And I did play for like probably two hours or so, and mm-hmm. I was constantly using sexies because I was dying a lot. Um, <laughs> but in 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 the beginning, like like the first uh, stage or so. I think it's really adequate, um, but then it, the the difficulty kind of like like spikes up really harshly. I I thought um, I don't know how much it, like it seems like it's a it's a it's a much longer game than I was expecting. It's uh, seven or eight worlds, I believe, in total. Each world having oh, well, the last world's kind of an exception because it's like the final boss area, but uh, each world has two areas and then the boss arena. Yeah, and I was looking at, at a long play, and, and this guy beat the game like in two hours. But again, I was like, in two hours of my gameplay, I was like in twenty five of his or, or hers. Um, <laughs> yeah, gameplay. that person probably played it a ton. But in terms of difficulty, I thought that it was good in the beginning, and then got too hard. The the first stage uh, reminded me a lot of of Sonic. Also, mm-hmm. like the the presentation cards. For each uh, world, also is very Sonicy, very mid nineties mm-hmm. in terms of the graphic design style. Um, but then, after that, especially like in the water world, or so maybe around there, like it started reminding me more of Kirby, like Kirby Superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of interesting what they were trying to aim for. It was a bit like it's a platformer, yes. But then start adding these different elements uh, to the gameplay, so that made it yes different, but also harder in a like the difficulty stemmed from a different place. So yeah, when I was playing it, I I, I was kind of getting used to doing a certain thing, and then the game changed a lot. And then I remember this: there's this like water level that basically like makes all your 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 jumping. Ability is kind of irrelevant because you're not jumping anymore. Um, right. I, I think that part is, is not necessarily bad. Could be good. Like the the game is constantly teaching teaching you something new and the um, something that helps a lot to feel that the game 
uh, yeah, it's difficult, but it's fair. It's because the controls are very, very tight. So I enjoy that part. But there's some uh, some quirks also that, that uh, counter that tightness in the control, like the, the one that you mentioned. Like the, you, you could do certain things uh, in order to avoid uh, certain uh, damage, but also like some other things that were very unexpected cost cost you damage. So I feel like there was a little bit of inconsistency. Um, mm-hmm. So that made the game a little bit hard for me particularly. Yeah. I found the difficulty to be okay. Well, especially when you think of the time frame, a lot of those games, I don't know, a lot of platformer games back then were pretty pretty hard, like Earthworm Jim, uh, Vector Man, Comic Zone. These are, these are all, I found, at least as a kid, extremely hard to play. Uh, unlike Sonic, which was a lot more accessible, but even that game gets kind of hard. Uh, but I don't know. I guess I found it kind of reasonably balanced until the like the later parts of the game or the fourth world and on. Like the fourth world is insanely hard. Um, so like, and the last boss, the only time I got angry playing the game was probably the fourth world and also the last boss. The last boss, uh, it took me forever to beat him. I was just livid fighting him. Um, and get ironically enough, the boss before him is super fucking easy. So there's a little bit of ups and downs there. But I don't know. I didn't get too bad. But but the uh, in the fourth world Sonata, there's a part where you're jumping on on drums, so you don't have a lot of control because you're bouncing, mm-hmm. and and you're in these kind of like uh, they're basically you're you're jumping through hall like it's it's the equivalent to hallways. You know, obviously they're not halls. You can see on both sides, but they're like. Mm-hmm strips of vertical walls that you have to avoid and the walls are cu- and ceiling are covered in spikes and you yeah. have a small gap that you have to grab and latch on and swing through in the meantime you're you're not just falling you're bouncing so you're getting if you miss the 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 jump over then you have to go back up so i died a ton of times there uh and even and i was so tempted to rewind constantly but i didn't so i kept having to reload at the sa- checkpoint trying over again and it's so hard and it takes forever it's 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 uh it's it's a brutal part of the game because you just don't because the problem is you're lacking of control like th- there's so little room to maneuver you can't even take breathe for a second because you're getting bounced again uh yeah that part is that part was hard and, and Shelby you had the same experience right yeah and even in in that one part there are areas where like you don't necessarily have to clear a whole wall sometimes like the the path you have to go is like halfway up so you have to like you know if you jump if you go down you jump on the drums and then you have to make sure you clear that amount of spikes and then there's like that gap that you have to fucking go through uh so you're not jumping all the way back up because then you're just you know there's no path up there to go but you have to like kind of time it so you go around the spikes and then like get enough like i guess curve or control to be able to like maneuver yourself in there and there's also like this um like i mean you can do it or whatever but there's like not a lot of uh time um between uh especially if like that opening let's say is at the bottom where you hit the drums and then you basically yeah. go flying back up but you have to time it so that you catch that before it, like punches you all the way back up and then anyway i missed it a couple like a few times because you know you would uh you know hit the button go that try to go that direction but then you miss it and then you're just in the wall of spikes so it's just like fuck right you. yeah Ugh. anyway the boss of that world is pretty hard too. What's that? Yeah. Um I actually found the the uh um the the puzzles in the Sonata world where you have to bring the metronome to the birds. I thought that was really Oh yeah. Cool. Um there's an escort uh, quest. <laughs> yeah, but the um the wall spikes almost fucking ruins that whole world for me. So. Yeah, the wall the wall spikes are the worst part. Uh, probably of 
except for the last boss read, probably the game, like, because the other, like, the boss is, the boss isn't technically hard once you figure out his pattern. I just had some trouble with it. Uh, but the, the spikes is because you don't have a lot of control. So yeah. it's harder. Yeah. In, uh, oh, go ahead. For that, for that boss, too, like, you know how some t- stuff when you hit it, to knock it over and there's like feedback so you know it's like oh i should be hitting this thing because you hit it and it like shakes a little bit mm-hmm. so you're like oh this is clearly weak and whatever and it should fall over for the boss uh in the uh, in the fourth world which is the bird sitting on top of that stand or whatever um yeah. i didn't like there's no well at least in my case anyway there was no like feedback so i didn't know if it was something that i had to knock him off of that i thought i was just supposed to like hit him or whatever no um yeah so with like you know discovering like hitting the stand eventually i was just like oh that's how you fucking do that i didn't know like i honestly did so, <laughs> yeah all these games require anyway. a lot of trial and error back back in the day right uh i had a lot of trouble with the last boss too and and, and that guy i had trouble with him too uh and try to figure out i'm pretty sure i had to look up the last boss to see if i was actually hitting him properly so i i definitely understand uh next question i had was uh this game has employed something that i actually don't like but it's invisible checkpoints, and this is definitely not unique to Ristar, but uh, to compare this to Sonic, which I will do more so later, uh, Sonic has very clear checkpoints. However, in Sonic and, say, Mario World, you have to hit those checkpoints. In Ristar, you don't really have to hit anything, but there's also no indication of, of where they are. And for some reason, sorry, that bothered me. Uh, my next question was, what did y'all think of the graphics and music? And I'll go first this time. Uh, I like the design of Rystar for some reason. Um, he's I, I think he's adorable. I think he's kind of dumb, but I really like it. And, mm-hmm. and I also love like the pastel colors of the game, the enemy design. I think the levels are fairly unique visually. They kind of feel different from each other. Uh, Rystar also possesses a bunch of very cute animations. Uh, for example, in the Snow World, I think it's called Freon, uh, you can, like, if you're idle and during one of the boss fights, he'll actually make a snowball uh, that you have to use to throw at the enemy. Or or he's skiing, or he's just doing, like, weird little things with the environment. It's very cute. Um, and I also think that the music in the game is pretty good. Uh, the last boss has the music speed up as you progress, which is pretty cool. Um, I think there's, like, the uh, Sonata has, is, like, largely a music-based stage. Uh, and also my favorite tune in the whole game is the in-between level music. Like when you beat the level, mm. uh, I can't quite hum it right, but it's like, I'm not going to bother. But uh, anyway, Seiji will play it now, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so anyways, I really like that, that ending theme uh, level music. So what do you guys think of the graphics and music, Shelby? Um, I thought the graphics were cute. Um, like I said, like it does look a lot better on your... Um... Uh, when you were playing it on the the TV or whatever, it was a lot, like a lot more crisp and a lot more clear. I think mm-hmm. when I was playing it, it looked a bit more muddy, um, and I didn't find the colors to be very pastel. But oh, really? I yeah. found they quite bright and colorful. Well, pastel is more like, or uh, rather, like, uh, the first world I thought was kind of pastel-y. Yeah, I would say, I would definitely say that. But uh, yeah, um, the music I. Because uh, they, at least as far as I got, and the only variation on the boss theme that I got was with the um, uh, the the uh, the last one that I, the Sonata level, where mm. you know, because the uh, the notes get all weird and like the music gets all weird and the stage gets all <laughs> all weird, like all trippy and stuff. Uh, but the boss, I I kind of wish there was more variation on the 
on the boss theme that plays. Yeah. Um, and if they were different, I definitely didn't notice. Um, but otherwise, I thought the music was catchy. Like it was just just a very cute game. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Seiji? Uh the music was okay. Um, it was enjoyable. Felt adequate. Um, <laughs> so I don't have much to say, either positive or negative. I think it was okay. The art style there that I didn't like too much. I think it was effective. Um, I think it didn't do any disservice to the to the gameplay. Uh, so it was clear, like in in a platformer, something that I I appreciate a lot is that you know you you know where you're standing, you know where you can jump on, you know what in this case what you can grab onto. So those kinds of things were clear, and the enemies were colored in a certain way that didn't feel like anything was hidden or Sometimes I, I have a hard time distinguishing, you know, backgrounds from foreground stuff like an, an, an enemy or if it's something standing there, I don't notice it really well. So the, no problems in that regard. Um, the reason I didn't like this is because I, I thought it was very, very generic. Like it didn't, I, I don't feel it has a really strong visual identity. So to me, that's really important in games that I distinguish, you know, one game from another. The design of the main character is kind of, it, it's weird because if you look at, at a picture of it, like it doesn't seem like it's Japanese. It, it seems like some generic 90s cartoon or something like that, which I guess they were aiming for that. But uh, I don't know, there's there's something about how they were also trying to make it kind of like bouncy and squishy, like uh, the animations and these kinds of things, uh, that it wasn't pleasing to me how, how it moved. So they, they want to get this sort of a elasticity into the characters as if they were made of some sort of like jelly or something like that. Um, I don't know, it's kind of... Like in, in Kirby it's different because Kirby, kind of, it's kind of like justified, but even Kirby has a lot more, I don't know, integrity to him and it's very visually identifiable, but I don't know, that, that was a little bit of an issue I had with the game. All right. You guys ready for uh, damage? Mm-hmm. Bam! Damage! So it's a recommendation system. Uh, Each game gets a a heart's worth of uh, potential damage from each of us. So in this case, it has three health. Full damage means that you hate the game and wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Uh, And no damage means that you like the game a lot and would recommend it to most people. And then, you know, everything in between. So, Shelby, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, so I think before I got to Sonata World, I was probably leaning more to like just a quarter damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after Sonata World, because of that hallway of death bullshit, um, <laughs> I'm going to go half. Uh, okay. Because even though like that experience, like I, I don't know, I feel like they could have smoothed it or I don't even know what they... There must have been some way to make that better. Like, I don't know how anybody would have played that and was like, yep, this is ready. Let's ship it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, but you yeah. did it, though. Yeah. You got past it. <laughs> After so many, so many, uh, lots of dying. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, other, like, I do like the design of, uh, of uh, r- how am I supposed to say it? Ristar? Uh, you're a star, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're a star. Uh, anyway, I think his design's uh, cute, but he's like, I don't know, and I think the designs of the bosses are pretty unique too. Like even though yeah, like, I like yes, there was, they were very like I liked especially the um I don't know if he's like armadillo the the uh, mole guy 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like him. Um, and him beating that boss was totally coincidental because it was like, what the heck am I supposed to do? And I accidentally grabbed onto one of his arms. So I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's how you do that. Um, <laughs> but I think otherwise I would have had to look up. Uh, Wait, you grab his arms? I actually didn't beat him that way. Oh, really? I, do- I dodged the arms and hit him. Went oh, right no, before like you can he, grab uh, the arms when they're flying oh, awesome. back up to him. And then you can I did not know that. Up there. Yeah. That's crazy. That's cool. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I totally that was totally an accident too. So I think otherwise I would have I would have struggled beating him. Um, I, I want to say I like the music, but I can't remember it other than the boss theme. Um, <laughs> they were different. Well, the music what was I, gonna, I can't each, even remember. Each world had its own theme and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, and I liked um, I actually liked Undertow a lot too. Um, though when I got in there, I you know the tiny fish in the background i thought they were enemies so i was like trying. To oh yeah them. me too yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh so yeah i'm just gonna give half because it was you know it was it was cute and i liked it and i stuck with it i think a bit longer than what i usually would for a game but then that's true the world happens so sonata man yep cg when i was first playing this game and i was like "Ooh, this is kind of cool um i'm always pleasantly surprised when you get a game and then you feel like you can do stuff, like you imagine doing something and then it happens and it feels good. So at first stage is really good for that because it makes you realize what you can do. I remember when I beat my, like my first enemy and you grab on it and then you kind of like, you slingshot him away. Like I was like, oh, that's cool. There were a lot of little details like that on my first like playthrough of the game. And yeah, I was like, ooh, I, I think I'm going to go with a uh, very little damage, maybe no damage, perhaps. It was like that for a while, but yeah, as I was progressing in the game, I was noticing certain things that I wasn't really into it, like certain points of um, where you would get damage and there was really no way to, to avoid that damage unless you knew that there's something popping out of a certain parts of the stage and those kinds of decisions always like get me you know, annoyed. Um, and ultimately, I just quit the game because I thought it was kind of hard and I wasn't finding it fun anymore. And, I, and generally, I was, it was kind of forgettable in a way. Uh, but what I liked, I liked, and what I didn't, just didn't. So to me, it's, you know, half damage. Yeah. Right on. So I actually quite like this game. Um, a lot of games this time were, uh, were quite, uh, quite challenging. Um, and especially in the Sega Genesis, I don't know if that was what they were going for to be the hardcore. Uh, big hit for me for this game in negative is that it doesn't have uh, uh, like a save system. You know, like Super Mario World had a save system. Super Mario Three had a save system. Uh, unfortunately, this one doesn't. So that that's a little problematic. But I'm trying to think of it from two ways. You know, like from so am I recommending this game today? And if I'm recommending it based on accessibility and like so, for example, some games that we're when we're doing these recommendations, we're recommending with the idea of you're probably going to have to play them on ROMs or virtual console. Uh, in this case, you can get them really easy on the uh, different systems, uh, like uh, the collections and stuff that I have. And uh, those games have features that make these games a lot less difficult to play. Uh, you can kind of balance it in a way that you want to. Um, so I think that makes the game a little bit easier to play, and and again, not hard to find. You can buy these really easily. So so I, I want to like give, I want to throw that out there. Like if you're forced to play this on just the cart, then this game becomes way harder. Um, but you don't have to play it that way, so that helps. Uh, I think that the character is cute. 
don't like the running shoes. I don't know why so many characters in the '90s had running shoes and gloves. Um, but I otherwise think the, the character is pretty cute. I like the levels. I like the music. Um, I like the gameplay mechanics of, of grabbing and throwing and, and, and of launching yourself. I think all that's pretty cool. Um, it, but there are parts of the game where it does get extremely difficult. And like Sonata is the, the first example of, 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 of heart crushingly difficult. But it, it picks up again after that. You know, It's not quite as hard after that for a while. So to me, it's kind of a hiccup. Uh, and then the last boss is just the biggest pain in the ass. But, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's as hard as, like, if I, I think a comic zone, and as a kid, I can almost never get past the first level because the game was so fucking hard. Uh, and even Vector Man, I was terrible at. So, I don't know. It's somewhere in between. I wanted to give it no damage originally, but I'm, I I would have to give it a quarter damage. Um, I th- I think people should play it. I think it's kind of a hidden gem, and you know how I always love talking about games that aren't talked about as much? Uh, and although Ristar is not like unheard of, a lot of people have heard of it. I don't think it's given its due, and I think people should play it. It's fun, but it is hard. So I would I would play it on a collection disc. I would play it on the one I played. Just do what I did. It's way it's way more fun. Who's that? What? It's Lef. What's up? Really? Yeah. yeah. What's up? Hey. Oh, hey Lef. Hey, Welcome Lef. to the end of the show. <laughs> you guys talking about Ristar or something? Yeah, Ristar. Yes. Ristar, 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 uh, Ristar. There's uh, all kinds of different uh, ways of saying it. Apparently, are, are you guys almost done? Yeah. Okay, I was gonna see if Rob can give me like one of his like famous recaps of the game in Rob's eyes quickly. Unless I'm, unless it's too much of an interruption. Do it. No, we're, we're at the end. We just da- finished damaging the game. Oh, actually. sweet, Good awesome. Time. So, so let, right. let an uninformed person tell me what's this game about. <laughs> Uh, fuck. Ristar is a platforming game on Sega Genesis, uh, and it's uh, you use grapple mechanics to launch yourself, to hit enemies, to move through the environment, and you play as a star. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's pretty fun. Once you said Sega Genesis, I just completely stopped listening. <laughs> oh, what? You should have stopped me, so I didn't waste my time talking. No, that sounds fun, though. I like grappling. That sounds. Cool. I played mine on the Switch, though, for what it's worth, on the Whoa. amazing Sega Genesis collection, which I can't recommend enough. That's uh, what a world we live in. Playing yeah, Sega. Left character on it. Who? Sonic. Oh, gross. Oh yeah, right. right. <laughs> Sonic, Sonic's in Ristar or no, no, no. The, the, oh, Ristar, Ristar, came from uh, <laughs> like the development team kind of split off. Uh, so early ideas for Sonic was based on Ristar, and then it got shelved for a couple of years, and then they fin- then they made a new game based off of that. Okay, so he's like yeah. the bastard child, or Sonic's the bastard oh, child. Like, like, like the Sonic. Sonic was the favorite twin, and this kid uh, they get locked in a basement probably because they thought he was ugly or something. Oh, okay, I see. He's like fucked a guy up, man. Eggshells in the attic or something. <laughs> fish, fish buckets of fish heads. <laughs> yeah, fish heads. Yeah. You get a summary, no, right? No, I. I wanted I wanted the your your summary of Ristar like oh, what, that's it. oh yeah <laughs> I thought you had it. I thought you wanted me to make make me to make a game out of no, uh, no I wanted, okay like remember right. remember Fantasy Zone back in the day like oh, something like game. that but uh, that's fine oh like a fake a fake uh, yeah yeah oh damn yeah. I haven't done one of those in like two years I know that's why I was just like I'm gonna randomly show up and then uh, make uh, it on Rob that he has shit. to do this for me Ristar's too cohesive for that. 
there's there's a there's a there's a, a very clear story. It doesn't even take much uh, extrapolation. Although I was talking about a game called Akari Warriors. Have you played any of those? I I've seen the AVGN episode on Akari Warriors, which is well, Akari. Like- it's like a contra style game, isn't it? Like almost well, ver- vertical contra style game. But yeah, the second yeah. game, the second game has them in space fighting aliens and monsters. So that that requires a massive leap. Oh, I see. I and see. it's never so explained that... why either. That that would have worked. That could. We that talked. Could I talked about it. Is there anything like to say to the people who miss you, Lev? Hi. <laughs> Keep missing me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's great, man. I'm glad that you showed up for the end of the episode. That's really cool. Yeah, it was funny because I'm I'm just playing video games right now, actually. And then uh, I was just like, oh, yeah, there's fucking people in the bonus bill chat. So, uh, yeah, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you could you could join us for an episode. Yeah, I was I was half thinking of it, but um, I didn't I wasn't going to play the game. So I was kind of like, yes, no way. So I decided to just do this awkward show up at the end. I like this show up at the end. (laughs) This is bon- this should be bonus material after the credits. Bam. Oh, with the left- credit. Yeah. Left <laughs> left got like uh, one of those smash like whoop noises and like oh what left is here. Oh, it's like new challenger. a new challenger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Left Jackie old school host. Bam. Yeah, I like it. Awesome. Well, let's end this episode cuz it's like a thousand hour. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's wrap this up. I'm glad I'm glad left is here at the end you could say goodbye. So uh <laughs> Thanks for listening to Bonus Barrel. Uh, fun, you know, Cartridge Club's awesome. Uh, congrats again to the winners, Polykill. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. This is Rob. And Shelby. Laugh. And Sadie. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs>